and welcome to episode number 203 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me today is Amanda, also of Smart Bitches, and Brie Bridges. After many conversations online about Dragon Age Inquisition, and after seeing a number of romance readers and writers introduced to the game, I decided it was time to sit down with Amanda and Brie and talk about video games. Both of them are seasoned players of many different game franchises, and we talk about the ones that got them started, the ones they recommend for romance fans, and games that they would suggest for new players. So if you've been curious about video games, or maybe you heard this whole thing about how women aren't gamers, allow us to correct that concept and maybe introduce you to a fun, though addictive, way to spend a lot of time. This podcast is sponsored by Julianne Walker's Devil in the Deep, published by Sourcebooks Casablanca, available in paperback and ebook. Bran Palladino carries a dark secret one that forced him to push Maddie away. But when she's taken hostage during a trip to the Caribbean, Bran and his friends, a group of former Navy SEALs who run Deep Six Salvage, embark on a dangerous mission to save her. Passion boils between Bran and Maddie, but what good is putting their hearts on the line if they don't survive the dawn? Devil in the Deep is on sale now at all retailers. If you are a new listener or regular listener, you might have heard me talk about our Patreon campaign. Allow me to remind you of it really quick. We have a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Listeners who would like to contribute can set up a monthly pledge starting with as little as a dollar to help me reach goals like commissioning transcripts for all the episodes that don't have one. You can see the rewards and options at patreon.com slash smartbitches. And to everyone who has backed the show, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are tremendously awesome human beings. Our music is provided by Sassy Outwater, and you can find her online on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. I will have information at the end of the podcast as to who this is. And now, without any further delay, let's talk about gaming. Hey, Bree, how you doing? Okay, how are you guys? I am awash in allergies right now because my Floridian body freaks out because there are seasons in New England <laughs> and it's like it does not compute. We're just going to expel all the fluids at one time for Yo. like three weeks. Yeah, oh. I'm in the opposite. I My New England body still isn't used to Alabama. <laughs> oh, Alabama's like a pollen explosion. Oh my gosh. It's just, like... I had never seen it before. I go outside and my car is covered in yellow, like oh, literally yeah. yellow. Oh, yeah. My car is blue, what except is right now it's green. Oh, I had never seen that. So so I'm a little allergy-ish, too. I've spent the last couple days really high on NyQuil. Woo! Everyone should podcast on NyQuil. It makes for excellent recording. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about video games. Yeah. <gasps> yes, video games. Yes. Why should romance readers consider video games? Because, you know, recently we've kind of been told that video games are for boys and they don't want our girl cooties on their video That's games. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> um, so much. Girls have always been there. We have yeah. always. I So my introduction to video games was sitting on my mom's lap while she played Doom and Duke Nukem on her computer. Nice. Not my dad. This was all my mom. Like the first consoles in the house were for my mother. And then as my brother and I grew up, we just kind of took them over. But yeah, the whole girls don't play video games. The boys thing is complete and utter just bullshit. <laughs> yes, I 
started with a Game Boy because, of course, I had to take it all with me. That was some high-tech stuff in the 80s. My 10-year-old is dying for me to get him a Game Boy because he wants to play original recipe Pokemon, and you can only play those <laughs> on a Game Boy. And I'm like, you understand that technology is really shitty, right? Like, you get this? He's like, yes, I can buy a copy of the game on my DS, and I can download it, but I want to play the original. And I'm like, I am not prepared for this sort of high-level, you know, adherence to the purity of the experience on your part i'm really not i i i don't understand <laughs> no you know i don't either like my you know donna my co-writer's kids are like all in minecraft and i'm like no we fought the video game war so you didn't have to have <laughs> graphics like that they don't have to be blocks anymore people's eyes can be round not square yes. it's amazing which is what Bioware is on the complete other side of. They are so beautiful. Oh, my God. So I finally got to the point. So you and all of your talking about Dragon Age Inquisition Brie <laughs> got me to download it. Now, I did not have video games growing up. Like, I remember the Nintendo 64 was like a big thing when I was maybe in middle school. And a lot of my friends had them. And that was not ever something I had. So we bought a Wii for the kids. And we all played it, but I was like, oh, this is fun. I like this. When we got the Xbox, so when my husband told the kids that we were moving, um, the first thing my older son asked for was, well, after we move, can we have an Xbox? My husband was like, yeah, sure. That's, that's what you want. Not a problem. I'm like, ask for a Camaro. Ask for a Mustang. <laughs> ask for a pony. Go big. I mean, there's guilt here. Take advantage. But no, now we have an Xbox. I play the Xbox the most. Because Dragon Age is so beautiful. It's really pretty. Like, I was telling Brie this um, when we were geeking out about Dragon Age and Bioware, is that all of my Bioware games, so Mass Effect, which is their space RPG, um, Knights of the Old Republic, which is their Star Wars RPG. That was my first Bioware. Yes, mine too. And uh, Dragon Age 1 and 2... I have all on the Xbox. It's all console-based, so I'm used to playing on a console with a controller. Um, but when Inquisition came out, I really wanted to play it. I didn't want to go out to a store and like get on the subway and have to go out. I didn't want to order it on Prime and wait for two days. I was like, shit, I'll just do the direct download to my computer. And... I do play some games on my computer, but it was such a transition playing all these games on a console and then going to my computer. But the graphics on the computer compared to what's on the Xbox, it, it was just, it, it's amazing. If you can play it on a console, if you can play it on a PC, I mean, if you can play it on a PC, I would recommend that better over a console because yeah, the it's graphics even prettier. are on a PC, so, really? Yeah, it's so much better on a PC. It, Why? It's just beautiful. Maybe, like, the hardware? I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, I have a very nice graphic card for absolutely responsible adult reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with Dragon <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> Just a little. But, yeah, I mean, you can get these graphics cards, which is, you know, the most expensive thing in my laptop. Because <laughs> I have a gaming laptop. Um for absolutely adult responsible reasons. Of course. Um, <laughs> Perfectly adult. So, yeah. So, yeah, they're just, they're beautiful. The the new engine, the Dragon Age Inquisition, the first two Dragon Age games, I thought those were pretty. And then Skyrim came out, and Skyrim was like, what is going on? 
I would just wander around Skyrim That's just insane. staring at things like, like, wow, I'm just going on an adventure. I wouldn't even play like the quests in Skyrim. I would just walk around and pick flowers and let my horse like kick bandits in the face. Like my horse has got this. I've got mushrooms and flowers to get. So you just handle it. So, yeah. And then Inquisition came out and it's so beautiful. And, like, the characters. I mean, that's that's what. I love Skyrim. It's maybe a little prettier, mm-hmm. but it feels so empty. You're just walking around alone, and that's why I love the Bioware games. Because it feels like you've got these imaginary, you know, they're not imaginary. They're, like, people. You and they have get like back to you if you say annoying things to them. And they love you if you say nice things to them. The good thing that I love about the Bioware games is that the choices you make affect your relationships with your party and the actions of the game. And I like that aspect because you kind of create the story as you go. You decide what kind of player you want to be. And then you get to do it all over again and pick completely different choices and do completely different things. So I like the fact that I'm shelling out, you know, 60 to $70 for a brand new game, but I can replay it 10 different ways with, you know, a bunch of different outcomes and have different, you know, video game boyfriends if I want. Yes, which is where the romance, I mean, all romance people should be playing Bioware games <laughs> because they have the best romances. Oh my gosh, and there's pansexual and bisexual characters. I mean, I just found the page of, you know, I, my, my character on, on Inquisition is a, is a female dwarf. Which is really fun because, A, one of the major characters who does stuff in the background is also a dwarf and will make comments about how it's so great to talk to another dwarf. And also, she can't climb up anything. (laughs) So I have to switch to a much larger character to, like, get up a hill and then she's fine. But I found this chart about who I can hook up with. And it was not based on only one thing. It was like, okay, well, this person will hook up with male and female characters, but not this particular, like, uh, not... Not, not, yeah, uh, like Solus will like, only hook like up ages. with elves. He's yes. such a Smith dick. Thing. Why is Solus such a dick? It's because he hasn't. Oh, been I can't tell you. <laughs> Spoilers. There's no making that guy happy. Although the the woman who's the other mage, um, who's black, Vivienne? is it Vivienne? Yes. She told me I needed to bathe. She's a stone cold fox and a stone cold bitch. I like her, but whoo, she's like, well, maybe if you bathe every day for a week. And I was like, ouch, bitch, you slightly approve and you're tearing apart my hygiene. This is not cool. (laughs) But like you can, you can hook up with characters who are bisexual. There are pansexual characters. Like the, the options of sexuality are kind of amazing. And they have evolved on that each game yeah. and they, you know, sometimes they mess up and this is, I love them because they are really responsive to critique. Like people criticize them when they screw up and you know, you know how the internet can be. The criticism yeah. is, is pretty voracious, but they respond to it and they try to do better. Um, in the Mass Effect game, so the first one, um, you can play as a, a male or a female, but you get this character who gets added to your party. His name's Garrus. He's a a space cat alien man with an eye patch. As you do. Yeah. And space cat sounds kind of hot. He is hot and you couldn't romance him in the first game. And that's who I wanted to romance and every like a it was very vocal um that you couldn't romance Garrus in the game. Why can't I hit that? I know. (laughs) Yeah. 
So they made it. So in the following games, Garrus is now a romanceable option for all of your space cat loving needs. That and reminds me of great. the furry shoulders guy in Cullen. Uh, thank you, furry yeah, shoulders guy. Yeah, I told guy. you the Cullen story. Cullen he's was my Inquisition the first in Dragon Romance. Age games, and every he's got his little fan base, of which I am a member. <laughs> Amanda, you're in there too. Because yes. he's a romance hero. Yeah. In the first game, he goes through a traumatic experience oh, that makes totally him dark hero. and broody and make yeah. bad decisions. And then in the second game, he goes through a worse experience that makes him realize that his bad decisions were maybe not so good. And so then in the third game, he's ready for yep. you to love him. Yep. He's ready for love. And he's very easy to flirt with, too. And we're, we're ready to give it. Yes. What's I was ready to give it in the first game. There's a <laughs> modification that you can download where if you were play as a mage in the first game, you can have a little mini romance with him. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, I found that because, of course, I did. Well, of course you did. <laughs> so you actually go out and find the romantic options for some games. Oh, yeah. Like, I follow guides and stuff when I play because I want to make sure, like, I get this shit right the first time. So I'll have, like, a wiki open while I'm playing, like, looking stuff up or, like, I got this gift, who does it belong to sort of thing, or like, who will I get the most relationship points with if I give this thing to whoever. So I yeah, like... Yeah, the first game, you could give people gifts to buy their love, which I had to do because I was... I, I Alistair was the sweet, earnest guy in the first one, and I couldn't make him love me because I, I kept know. doing bad things. <laughs> and he kept being like, I don't approve of you, lady. You are not noble enough for me. And so I would go on these terrible quests and climb through caves trying to find some statue so that I could give it to him. And he'd be like, well, I like statues, so that's cool. Like, it's like, I'm horrible, but here, have this thing. <laughs> I'm a terrible person, but I want to give you things. That, yes. That'll buy you some points. I remember when I first played The Sims, and you would have two characters talking to each other, and you'd have a little plus or a little minus. Now, you couldn't, like... You couldn't influence what they were saying if they were just talking. And it would be like, here's a picture of an airplane. Here's a picture of a hotel. Here's a picture <laughs> of a shoe. Oh, and then everyone's really happy that you're talking about shoes. It was very strange. But if you interacted with people in a certain way and you did things with them, then the little plus would light up. And then you could get married. And then a shower of daisies would appear in your kitchen <laughs> and a baby would show up. And then you would the baby would get take, taken away because it took me forever to figure out how to take care of a newborn without losing my job. <laughs> life man the sims know about it so i remember thinking that's that's actually pretty realistic like i'll talk to somebody and i'll be like plus 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 and then i'll talk minus, to somebody minus 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 <laughs> minus and then i'll be talking to somebody people who i call um rattlesnake people like in the back of your mind you're thinking something's not right in the back of my mind i hear <laughs> oh okay no it won't turn my back on you I, I remember thinking this is a much more logical way for me to understand talking to people. Yeah, because you get to decide what you're saying. Though sometimes you pick something and you think it's going to come off one way. And <laughs> no, there was no, Mass no, Effect. No. When I started playing Mass Effect, because I played Dragon Age first. Right. Um, and Mass Effect had this wheel where you could, it, they give you a summary it's a touchy it wheel, too. It's a very yeah. touchy wheel. So the, the summary might say, okay, and then your character is like, well, if you want to, asshole. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant by okay. <laughs> so, so that was a little bit of an adventure. 
I had to stop playing when I was playing Inquisition because you have the little dialogue circle, and then sometimes in one direction there'd be a star or a, or an eyeball or something, some like black raven looking thing, and I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. Now I gotta go Google. Okay, hit pause, and then you have to go to the quest map and wait there because if you just sort of stand still, like someone will come and eat you in a bad way. <laughs> yes. like you, I... have to, you have to pause by being on the map. Otherwise, if you just sort of stand around, somebody's going to find you and kill you. When I play on my computer, it's like I have a, like a command center. In front <laughs> of because uh, my TV doubles as my monitor. So it's like a big, I don't know, like 32-inch, 40-inch screen. And then I'm constantly looking stuff up, and I don't want to alt-tab and minimize the game. So I have like my laptop on the corner of my computer so I can like type stuff in or look stuff up or when I'm playing Stardew Valley I can never remember what fish I can pick up where and when and you can only fish up this thing when it's raining during the spring and at night and it's just I never remember so I'm constantly having two computers up and running when I'm playing on my actual desktop. One thing I've noticed. I have Stardew Valley Wiki on my phone. You have Stardew Valley Wiki on your phone. You need the wiki. Like, you cannot play without it. You can't. I feel like it's I'm doing impossible. it wrong. I don't play with the wiki. I just now figured out, like, the, the way that someone's greeting me when I walk up to them means they hate me. And I was like, oh, my God. I had no idea. Oh, jeez. Oh, and, like, Story in of my other games, man, you can make them hate you so much that they leave your party. Oh, man. Like, Everything has consequences, like serious business consequences. And there's one thing, there's an epilogue for Dragon Age Inquisition, and there's one thing I didn't do in the main game, and because I didn't do it in the main game, I'm not going to tell you what it is, because this is a spoiler, but because I didn't do it in the main game, when I played the epilogue, a character turned on me and tried to kill me. Oh my god. Yeah, like somebody who was in my party and was my bro. You, you, you didn't buy. You didn't find my shoe, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, basically, I did. I lost my shoe. Thing. You didn't so find it. Huge. You die. I always go into these games like I'm gonna be a badass and I'm gonna be like mean nope. and just like a a big like business bitch. Like I'm just gonna go into it like I'm all about business and killing things and whatever. And I started playing the Knights of the Old Republic uh, MMO. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to be a Sith and I'm going to be awesome. And I'm like the cushiest Sith ever. It's like, oh, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to pack you a lunch and I'm going <laughs> to free you from your cell. And I'm just like, don't tell anyone. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm the worst Sith on the face of the planet. Like, it's awful. For and I anyone think who doesn't know, what is an MMO? Uh, massive multiplayer online RPG. So World of Warcraft is an MMO. Um, that's probably the biggest one, maybe the only one anyone plays anymore. Um, yes. So it lots of people with online. Like the MUDs, the multi-user dungeons, which was like text games. Right. That's how I got hooked on the online gaming, which was bad because it was like 1995, and we had four hours of dial-up internet a month. <laughs> On our account, because that's what you had in 1995. And so I started playing, so I played for like 30 hours. And my mom got the phone bill, the internet bill, and she was like, okay, why do we owe them $500? <laughs> it's like, well... Like, I, don't, I don't know, Mom. That's why very odd. Online games were dangerous in the 90s. Oh, yeah. If it was a toll call, you were fucked. <clears throat> yeah. So, so one thing I've noticed as I've become more fluent, because I, I, like I said, I'm coming into this very, very late, is that I'll notice references to games in other things. Yeah. 
like there's a scene in one of the um so, well, I think it's the second season of How to Train Your Dragon the TV show where the two twins get very very sick and they have fevers and they become smart which is one thing I just kicked my dog sorry dog so <laughs> one they become smart and two they start acting like the twins from BioShock Infinite and there are all these physical, like one of them stands like this and one of them stands like this. And they have these physical gestures where they are mimicking these two video game characters. And I, when I first saw it, I'm like, well, that's odd. But then I ran into something else. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was a video game reference. And I just totally got it. I am so cool. So cool. But then you notice it elsewhere. Like the video game people were quietly, you know, you're quietly infiltrating other areas of media. Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> and there's a lot of us in romance when i started tweeting about dragon age because i couldn't help it i was really excited last november <laughs> the november before oh my gosh it's been like a year and a half since inquisition came out but like i mean it was a holiday for me and donna we like stopped writing for <laughs> weeks and we just played the game until we played it all the way through which can take like a hundred hours <laughs> so that's just what we did for two weeks you know I have to parcel it out. Like if, if it's during the day, I have to be on the treadmill or I will sit there for four hours and be like, well, fuck, where did my day go? Shit. I thought I was just running up this hill, but then I found this and then I did that. And I, and you can get sucked in for like hours. Oh, the little quests that trigger other quests that trigger other quests that trigger other quests. I yep. usually do all of the side quests that I have in my journal before I do the story mission. So that's why, like, Mass Effect is so long. Like, if you ever play that game, say goodbye to showering. <laughs> say goodbye to eating. Like, it's just, there's so much to do. And I go through peaks and valleys. Like, I'll play a game religiously every single day for two weeks. And then I won't touch it for a while. And then yeah, I'll go back and I'll play me. every single day for another two weeks. And then... I just won't touch it again. It's just, Sometimes it's that's thing. easier because, like, like, you have to keep all the stuff that's going on in your head. And then, I like, if I haven't played in a while, I open it back up. I'm like, okay, what was I doing? What was going on? I have to go into the quest journal and try to figure out, you know, I was looking for shards. <laughs> so many shards. More fucking shards. And I can't figure <laughs> out if the things that they unlock in that deserty land, I can't figure out if the things that they unlock are even worth all the shards. I didn't do it the first time. The first time, like, the first time I play a Bioware game, I'm like, woom, plot, woom, romance. Yeah. So I will skip, like, tons of the side quests and just barrel forward in the plot and the romance because I have to figure out who, you know. Who you want to hang. You got to figure yeah. out who you Yeah, banging. I do. Because, you know. Priorities. First at the list. Yes. Who am I so, Yeah. I, I went in thinking it was going to be Cullen, but then I had to, you know, Blackwall, man. He was bearded and grumpy and <laughs> obviously up to no good. So I and couldn't help it. don't forget about Iron Bull. Iron Bull. Iron Bull was my first choice. And then I was like, shit, I can romance Cullen. Well, sorry, Iron Bull. <laughs> Maybe next time. Iron Bull is pretty amazing. And, you know, it was, it was sort of surprising to see a nuanced, actually kind of consensual respecting portrayal of BDSM in my random video game. <laughs> Not something I expected necessarily. Plus the fact that he's voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. makes me I laugh know. every time he talks. <laughs> I'm like, do you just follow Sarah Michelle Geller around with that voice just to mess with her head? Have you seen the videos of him like doing the voice? He no. makes these crazy faces. <laughs> it's, 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you so many videos. <laughs> well, you know, I take notes while I record, so now I'm writing down video links, Prin's recording. I have to send you the one too, like, cause we care about the romances in advance. So, like, I remember a few months before Inquisition came out, somebody posted a video that was like basically a breakdown of all the romanceable characters and who could romance them, with all this like sexy date music and like hearts exploding it was the funniest thing i had ever seen it was like a bachelor like a describing bachelor number one two and three <laughs> sort of video i will it also to like decide who i want to romance i will spoil the endings and i will look on youtube like what's the like romance what's scene for like this and if I don't like it, I'd be like, well, that was a letdown. I'm not going to do that. So. Oh, I and there's a whole industry of people who do that. Like, Fluffy Ninja Llama, who, like, do playthroughs so you can watch, like, all the different things. You know, <clears throat> all the different romances and how they play out if you didn't play that one. I, so. um, I am super bummed that I can flirt with Dorian but not hook up with him because I'm I a girl. Know. I'm a dwarf. I, I love actually, that play little... a male character thin mustache he's got going on i was also really bummed i'm super curious about his uniform like he's like leather except for these two straps over one shoulder like is that armpit particularly problematic for him like how is that a good battle battle thing because like, he's showing off his arm it's an arm worth showing off this is true you have <laughs> I'm a good sure point. It distracts people like hey <laughs> i mean i don't know i was distracted Yikes. by it so <laughs> he's he does have the uh the twirly mustache Yes. His, his supply of mustache wax is not in danger during this entire he's, event. He's a finely groomed man. Yes, he's quite yeah. well groomed. Yes. So what exactly do these games do for you as a romance reader? Like, you know, there's different plot lines and you can choose how to romance. What do they do for you as a reader? Is it hooking into the same part of your brain or is it a different part of your part of your entertainment brain? I would say it's a little it's similar, but different with reading a romance the plot is already predetermined you're just kind of along for the ride and hopefully that ride is a good one hopefully yep. it doesn't suck and you get to the end of the book and you feel you know satisfied and you give good book noises and everything with um an rpg like these where you get to kind of control the action and control your character you have a more involved aspect in kind of creating the romance or creating the story. It's more interactive, which I like, but hopefully you create a good enough story and at the end you're happy with what you get and you didn't fuck anything up and no one tries to kill you. <laughs> yeah, for me it's almost the same. It's, it's, it engages some of my reader stuff, but also some of my writer stuff, you know. You're telling a story with the video game. Right. But you're making the story while you... Yeah. I mean, it's interactive and you get to sort of decide, decide if your character is going to be a true believer or a cynic and what that's going to mean for the game and for who that they, you know, like and love. And, right. And the game does, like Dragon Age especially, since it's got so much stuff going on with the fates. I mean, it makes a big difference how people react to you if you play the game as someone who believes in this, you know... That your character is this prophet sort of person or someone who doesn't, you know. And so we really have control. And you get to choose whether or not, like I find myself doing this. Um, I could either answer questions and make choices based on my actual personality, which is pretty chill. And, you know, no, I'm not into a lot of conflict. And I'm really interested in hearing other people talk more than me talking. Or I could make choices as someone that I'm really not. Like, I'm going to start a fight with Cassandra because... 
reasons. Why not? Reasons, right? <laughs> so I can I can make choices both as myself or the character who the, and play it as a character that's close to my actual personality, or I can be like the total opposite asshole dickbag character yeah. of me. And I do that a lot. Like this is my problem. Like you play a squishy Sith. I always say I'm going to go into these games and play a nice, noble person, but I really like fake money. <laughs> I really <laughs> like it. And so I keep getting tempted. I'm like, ooh, I can get some fake money. I can buy some good stuff. I love so how I the, have... the quest to get more money is always available. Yes. Yes, and that's my problem. I'm always like, hmm, well, I could be noble and give this thing back to you or I could go sell it and buy myself something pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so and then you get to see the consequences of making those choices. And that is not who I am in life, I promise. <laughs> but, you know. Bree's hey, lying. She's got a bunch of fake money piled all around her like Scrooge McDuck. I McDuff. probably do. Scrooge McDuck. Swimming in my fake money. <laughs> well, you know, e-books aren't real books so the money you make off of them isn't real money. No, it's not. That is true. I have heard that. <laughs> it was in the so news this times. week. It was in the news this week. It was time to recycle that argument. I mean, you'd think that we would get bored of it. Are nope. we the only ones who've been hearing it like constantly since 2008? No, romance Romance also gives us unrealistic expectations. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, one. I, did, I did catch that. <laughs> yeah, that happens I, sometimes. Yeah. So if someone is interested in trying a video game, like, okay, I'm curious about this. All of y'all keep going on and on and on about Dragon Age. Like, I bought it when it was on sale. Like, I think it was, like, 28 bucks, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this. And then I'm going to spend, like, nine years building my character because, my God, you can customize how the characters appear yep. for, like, three whole days. Yes, you can do anything, and it just gets better and better. The Dragon Age Inquisition one, I mean, they're, like... There are videos and cheat sheets out there so you can make, like, famous characters from TV shows. I saw a Game of Thrones Daenerys one. That went up pretty quick. Oh, yeah, how to, be, how to play as Daenerys? Yeah, you can make, like, any sort of looking character. You'll spend, like, 20 minutes. Like, is her nose too big? Should I make it smaller? Do her eyebrows need to be higher up on her forehead? Maybe they should be lower. Like, you can change so many different aspects of just, like, the face, not to mention, like, yeah. body type and hair and... Facial it's very, oh, it's yeah. very involved. I would give them so much money if I could have some long, beautiful hair, though. I'm telling you. That's there are no point. long, like, good long haircuts for no. women. Like, I mean, maybe it's not practical for battle, I guess. I can but... see it being a pain in the ass to animate. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I can see that, too. But, man. I do like the braided ones where you have, like, a bunch of braids. That's pretty yeah. cool. My eight-year-old really wanted to go through the character creator. And I was like, okay, it's not really a game meant for you, but okay. So he decided he was going to create a girl. And, you know, when you're, when you're eight, that's a, that's a lot of, like, this is boy stuff. This is girl stuff. And he's very good about, like, talking to me about how, well, you know, I really like this thing. But my friend says it's for girls, and I like it. And I'm like, well, then clearly it's also for boys. And it doesn't really matter what your friend thinks. So, like, you get to have this conversation all the time. He's, he decided to go through the character creator because he just thought it was the coolest thing. And I mean, seriously, when, you, when you're the type of person who has to see all the choices and then see them again before you choose, I, that could have kept him entertained for, like, all of winter break, plus the days we were closed for the snowstorm and spring break. Like, he could have kept going. He ended up playing – he started the game um, as, a, as a female character. I think he is a female warrior – 
and she's like super tall and badass. And I'm like, I love that you're playing as this <laughs> massively strong woman. Like, yay. <laughs> now I can't let him play all that often because I have to be there and make sure he doesn't stumble into inappropriate places. Yes. Which there are a few. There are a yes. few. There's a, and, and the thing is, I think that a lot of people would be like, oh, no, it's super violent. It's actually less violent than a lot of the things I see on TV. Yeah, um, it's um, Dragon Age especially. A you lot can turn of it off, is, like, the blood splatter, too. Yeah. Like, you can, like, lessen the violence. Yeah, you can lessen the blood splatter. And a lot of it is, like, you know, you're fighting. flying by your face. So, or, like, insubstantial, like, mist demons and, like, green blobs and, like, you know. There are people. I mean, you find a lot of people, too, but. Then you also get to have really fun conversations. What are you doing? I am short two pieces of diseased flesh, and I can't find them. <laughs> well, I, mean, I will get them for you, especially if you have fake money for me. Yes, fake money. Fake money. <laughs> Can I give you a fake ebook instead? <laughs> okay, so you asked about entry level games. I yes. Think it depends on. I mean, I think that Dragon Age, a lot of people have told me they're sort of intimidated by it. And I get it because it's not a... It's huge. It's a big game. It's, you know, it's pretty serious business. But it also takes you through, like, levels. Like, for a while, you get to run around Haven and do a bunch of stuff and figure out how, like, how the search yeah. function works and how this works and how to ride a horse. And so, you know, you get to run around and do one level. And I noticed that after you fight the first big bad and you move to the next level you're back running around in a confined universe figuring shit out in a very small space before you have to go out and do stuff in the bigger space. Yeah, it definitely gives you a chance to learn stuff. And I think that most anybody can, like, I think you can start playing it. Um, I mean, some people think it's easier on the console. I think it's easier on PC. I play on PC. Um, but, you know, if you don't like that or if you just don't want the fighting part at all, there are some games, like Regency Love, I think, is a good one. Yeah. Is a really good one to start, especially since so many of us, you know, we like our Jane Austen. Is that uh, the solitaire one? No, I reviewed it for the site and it had like. Oh, that's the other one. Okay. Yeah. It had yeah like it's Snape, essentially, and Mr. Like Digsby, who I hated. <laughs> yeah, it's an iPad game. Um, and you just basically you answer like Regency trivia and you go to like balls or you go out and talk to people and you interact with them. And you get skill points and you can spend them to make yourself better at dancing or I think sewing or like all sorts of different things, um, painting. And then eventually you can like pick your people, you know, get into relationships with different people depending on what you want to do. And I mean, that's a very basic, very easy, you know, really, no, you don't have to have any sort of coordination or fight anybody, you know, you can just play a romance game, basically. You don't know how to, you don't have to hit A, B, X, and Y while moving a, no. a trigger. I was not good at that initially. I just <laughs> sucked at that. Although I did unlock throw a jar of bees. And I'm very excited to try this out. Yes, the bees. The bees are awesome. The Inquisition needs bees. Yes, and too many britches. If you, I would say if you like those kind of visual novel RPGs, like Regency Love, um, so I'm really, I'm really salty about this, but Japan has like a brand of game called Otome Games, which are visual novels. Um, so you play as a woman and you kind of go through like conversations or, or whatever, and you can kind of pick who you want to romance. Like 
a lot of the scenarios are kind of like slices life. Like you're an orphan, but you found out you're actually the daughter of rich parents and now you live in this big estate. And do you want to romance the fancy butler or do you want to romance like the chef of your mansion or your bodyguard or something like that? Um, but a lot of them are in Japanese. So if you don't know Japanese, you're kind of up shit creek without a paddle because you can't understand what's going on. Um, but one site that I follow is like englishatomegames.tumblr.com. Um, and so they have a list of all these games that are being translated into English or, or stuff like that. So I think that's a good resource if you kind of like those romance games without the fighting. Um, we've mentioned Stardew Valley, which is not yeah. quite a romance game, but there is romancing in it. Um, it will suck you in like no one's business. I think I have like over 60 hours played and I got it like maybe a month ago. <laughs> oh, there was this, this one week where you told me on Twitter and a few other people had like been mentioning it. And then Amanda was like, are you going to play it? You have and to. I was like, okay. And, and Courtney Milan had been telling me too. She had downloaded like the week before and she was obsessed with it. And so like I went and I got it and I was like, I don't know, this game seems so silly. What the hell? I, I don't understand what I'm even doing. And then I was like, wait a minute, it's been 40 hours. <laughs> why, why am I so obsessed with Where did pumpkins? time go? It's Where like an, did my it's time an go? open-ended farming game. So there's no end to it. It just keeps going and going and going. Yeah, and you have these seasons and you – kind of have like quests like you have to rebuild the community center by turning in certain items and you can have farm animals and crops and you have to like battle through the like dungeon the mines to like get certain yeah, that's things the only fighting you have to like hit back yeah. with a sword it's if you want to you just like <laughs> click your button over and over there's no like xy anything like that there's no technique to kicking ass nope and so there are all these people who live in this town like i think the the hook is that you're tired of your your boring dead the end dog, life. and so you go away to the Stardew Valley to inherit your grandfather's farm, and you get to meet all the people in town, and you have to clean up the farm, and you can plant stuff and grow it, and you know I became obsessed with making like artisanal jam and mayonnaise. Yes, yes. <laughs> goat's cheese. I'm not kidding. It sounds so you silly when it. I say it. <laughs> It's so hard to describe and everybody else loves fishing and I can't fish because apparently I don't have the fictional fishing gene. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, that one is a fun one. In the um, town, I think there are what, like five bachelors and five like bachelorettes that you can romance and yeah. you can do same sex romance, I believe in that one. Yeah, well. you can. And you have to like you know, talk to them and give them certain gifts that they like and, and stuff like that. So if you wanted to enter that game, do you, is it, it's PC only? Um, it's I designed for the PC, but there's like a, a program you can use to play it on the Mac, right? right? Yeah, I think so. I'm a PC user, so, but Courtney was playing it and she's Mac, so. So there has to be a way to put it on a Mac. Yeah, I think the, I think the thing was called Wine, W-I-N-E is what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, um. Yeah, that's a, a Windows like virtual. It's a clone. Thing. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a good one. I'm trying to think other romancy. I liked. So I love the Fable series, which you can play on the Xbox. Fable One, you can't play as a woman, but the Fable Two and Fable Three, you can. 
The romancing is a little different. You don't have like NPCs um, that that join your party and that you go on quests with. Um, but you can romance townspeople and buy a house and get married and and stuff like that. And I would say it's like Dragon Age, but more cartoony. It's not as violent. The animation style is a little more cartoonish rather than realistic. Right. Um, unfortunately, I think the gaming studio Lion's Head is going through some issues and they won't be making any more fables, which is a bummer. Um, but I would say that's a little easier and I think a, a teeny bit more approachable than Dragon Age, but it's not as involved with romancing and customization in terms of storyline that the Bioware games are. I was just looking to make sure. It looks like Steam still has Knights of the Old Republic. Since Star Wars is, you know, having its little renaissance right now. Right. Knights of the Old Republic was my first Bioware game. Um, and so, you know, the graphics are, it's older. It's, you know, got to yeah. be 15 years, 10 years now. Um, well, the romance guy is like a kind of like a Han Solo-esque character, if I remember correctly. Yeah, maybe a little nicer. He's yeah. a little more... A little more charming. A little, a little more, more nice. abrasive. <laughs> So do you have uh, a favorite so, romance that you've done in a video game that like you still look back on like among like the same way you look back I've, on a favorite book? I loved the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic one. Karth. Karth Anassi. He's the Han Solo dude. I would say Garrus because I wanted that romance so badly in the first game and I was so happy to finally get it. Um, and you can kind of carry that romance over into the third game. Oh, cool. Be, you know, um, because he is... Oh, yeah, the Mass character. Effect games are different than the Dragon Age. The Dragon Age, each one has a new protagonist. The Mass Effect, you play one character, and everything you did in the first game impacts the second. And then Oh, the that's cool and scary. <laughs> it is scary, yeah. That's very yeah. scary. Because one of the things that paralyzes me when I'm playing is it's like, okay, if I choose this, something's going to happen. But I could also do this choice. I could I could go either way. Save frequently, Sarah. Save, yes. So if you make a shitty choice, be like, well, I didn't really mean to do that. I'm just going to restore my go previous back. save. You know, I should do that. Oh, you might I, like Dragon Age too, because no matter what choice you make in everything in that game, it all goes badly. <laughs> I'm not going there. <laughs> I just, I mean, Dragon Age Two is very controversial. Some people love it, some people hate it. <laughs> I, mm, I don't the, know. The alteration I want is for the dragons to be tameable and rideable. That's all I, I want. I don't want to have to kill all the dragons. I would like to make friends with the dragons and be like, let's be friends and hang out, and no one will fuck with us because we have dragons. We'll write a letter to Bioware, and they might make it happen. Oh right, yeah. yeah. So complain on Twitter. Dragon Age Four coming i hope <laughs> i i don't know i mean it feels like the 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 people i see mentioning inquisition of oh my god i just started playing it and it's amazing keeps growing like how why release a fourth you've got the third that's doing so well <laughs> i feel like that's a good thing about the dragon age series you can kind of pick up with any game yeah you don't like have of, to start with one yeah like of course like the actions in your previous games can affect the future like events like i remember when i installed inquisition they had you go into that thing and did figure you go out into the Dragon Age keep. Yeah, and you have to like put in what decisions you made in the previous ones. Um, and since I played on the console, like I couldn't carry over the stuff, so I had to like put in what I did. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool is that you can kind of pick up anywhere because it's its own separate character with its own separate party and 
characters, whereas Mass Effect definitely. There were some things like, like in the first Dragon Age game, you could make one guy king or not. And so in the third game, he might be the king or he might be, you know, a Grey Warden. You know, there are some characters, I don't think you've gotten there yet, but when you have to go into the Fade, you might end up killing your previous characters from other games. I hate the Fade so much. I hate it. I hate the Fade. (laughs) I hate any quest having to do with the Fade. It's like, "Mm, can I skip that one, please? And you have to go? Mm Mm-hmm. Most I didn't of the time, like the part quests are like storyline quests. Ah, like, great! This is why you need to play on the PC. There's a mod for Dragon Age One called Skip the Fade, <laughs> where <laughs> you literally just get to skip the fade. Fuck that! I, okay, I can't remember if this was in Dragon Age One or Two, but the quest where like there's that stupid little boy and the mom like is worried because he's been possessed by a demon and taken That's into fade. That fucking quest line, I. I have, like, night terrors about that quest line. I hate it so much because you can't, like, make a good choice and someone's always really pissed off at you no matter what you do. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I can't win. I'm just going to leave you with your weird, creepy, possessed child. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I had to restart my game because, or we go back to a save point because I made some weird choice with that kid and Alistair was like, I hate you forever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that quest was so, like... No matter what decision you made, someone was going to leave. Someone was so angry. Yeah. And they do that. They do that sometimes where you're just a no win. And that was the thing with Dragon Age 2. Like the whole game was just no win scenarios. And like whatever no win scenario you picked in like the first act would come back and like screw you in the second act. Yep. Um, I completely so understand. One and three both have a have a little more of a you can end as a victorious hero sort of thing going on. Two was basically it's a big garbage fire. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if if someone's listening to this and going, okay, I'm going to try these games, how much time should you pe- should you warn people? Like, okay, <laughs> get ready, hours will disappear now. Well, it depends on your schedule. Like, if you have a job that you actually have to, like, leave the house and go to, I feel like you're You're, you're okay. You're safe. You're all right. <laughs> you, you have some time that you have to separate yourself from the game. But because I work full-time on Smart Bitches, like, I set my own schedule. So sometimes yep. I'll be doing stuff and be like, you know, it's noon and I've been working really well for, like, two hours. Maybe I should, <laughs> you know... Just take a little Stardew Valley break. I got to check on my crops. You know, I got to see how my cows are doing. And then I get on at noon. Before I know it, it's like 5 p.m. I'm like, I haven't showered today. (laughs) No, that's not familiar at all. No, (laughs) definitely not. (laughs) You don't know anything about that, I will tell you because it keeps track of your save points. I charge – now, I will say this with the caveat that I get lost a lot. I think I tweeted you, Sarah, that map of me. Where I had run like in like so many loops. So I get lost a lot and that makes it take longer. But I charged <laughs> through Inquisition and like skipped so many of the side quests and was just leveling up enough so that I could handle the plot. Um, and that was like 79 hours. Wow. I, I think it depends on what kind of personality you have. I am a former World of Warcraft uh, player. And... That game consumed so much of my life. Like, I would have friends show up at my house, like, I mean, do you want to go to the movies? Like, uh, I'm doing a dungeon right now. Can't you see that I'm busy? Um, so I shudder to think, because in Warcraft, you can do, like, 
time played and it will tell you how many days you've sunk into this game. Um, so I, I feel like it depends on what kind of person you are. If you get absorbed into things really quickly, um, you might want to block out time to visit the land of the living every so often. So how hard was it for you to get out of doing World of Warcraft? If you were super into it, was there a point where you were like, okay, cold turkey, gotta stop? Okay. Um, so I started playing Vanilla WoW, which is before any expansions came out. Uh, I played a Night Elf Druid. Um, and I started because my high school boyfriend was getting into it and his friends were getting into it. So I played because they needed a healer. And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Um... So we kind of, like, one guy was, like, the tank character, like, the warrior. My boyfriend was the rogue. Our friend was the warlock. And so we played for a while. And the first expansion was Burning Crusade. Right. And that was amazing. But the thing about Warcraft is there's no end. Right. They keep coming out with more stuff, more, like, big bads that you have to kill, more end bosses. And then another expansion comes out, and you have to do it all over again. And I feel like I'm one of those people where I'm not going to do something unless I can be really good at it. Right. And nor do that. You have to treat it like a job. <laughs> and so I treated the game like a job. And I would raid and do, like, high-end dungeons for five hours, ah. Monday through Thursday. Um, and then you have to, like, farm for materials for your potion. So that's, like, an even more, like, a few hours a week you have to tack on to it. At one point... I was the best geared Alliance Resto Druid on my server, but it also meant that a lot of my social life and my friends deteriorated <laughs> because this was like a full-time job. Um, I stopped because like another expansion came out and then another one, and for some reason they kept changing things in the game that kind of turned it into something that I didn't recognize anymore, if that makes any sense. Like, the things that I loved about regular WoW and the first expansion seemed to go away the more they came out with more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. Right. And then just became, like, a game that I didn't really recognize anymore. Right. And I tried playing it again. Like, my roommate plays casually. But I reinstated my account, and I played for a little bit, and I'm like, mm, I don't want to really do this. Like, I I have other stuff to do, and this just doesn't seem fun anymore. And, and my goat cheese needs my attention. Yeah, my I thought, This sounds like, by the way, this this, this Dew Valley, it sounds like it's like um, Facebook Farmville on steroids. It's so good, though. It like, is. It's only, like, it's better somehow. <laughs> it's way better. I've never played Farmville, but I can probably tell you. This I thing. think some of the same impulses, because I, like, you know, I played that for, like, a week. I wasn't really that into it. But, like, everybody kept sending me invites. So I was like, fine, whatever, what? But, you know, it's it's way, way, it's a whole interactive little world there. But, yes, you get to plant things and they grow. <laughs> and then awesome. you get to harvest them and sell them for money, which I like. Fake I was money. like, yes, I made a million fake gold. That game is all about fake money, essentially. <laughs> I have so much fake money. I haven't actually talked to most of the people in town. Everyone's like, who are you romancing? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm going to become a billionaire first. So the romance is taking a back seat. Like, as soon as I conquer all, like, the dungeon stuff and, like, get all this iridium ore, then I'll worry about getting, a like, a lover. But <laughs> I'm busy at the moment. And yes. it's such a rush because, like, you 
harvest all your crops and you make all your cheese and your mayo and you put it into a little box by your house. And what that box is, is like everything you put into that gets sold overnight. And it's such a rush when the day ends and you see how much money you made from all the stuff and how it like totals out. It's, it's it really sounds fun. crazy, but I tweeted <laughs> the first time I made a hundred thousand dollars in a day. I was like, "Yeah, my life is totally on track." I I'm don't like, know what I today, but I have a hundred thousand. I know. It's so it's, it is a rush. Like, oh my god, I made four thousand dollars off those blueberries. Like, <laughs> somewhere there's a blueberry farmer in real life who's like, "Yeah, okay, dream on." Just put it all your food lovely. in a magic box. <laughs> I want that. I want a magic box that I put my books in and I get 500 gold. Isn't that what Amazon is? <laughs> that, that's, oh, yeah, in our dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you just Isn't that what you're told as self-published authors, though, that Amazon is the magic box? That's like, box. you put your books on I want to tell you, boom. honestly, in 2012, it had a little bit of a magic box quality. But in 2016, no. <laughs> it's like throwing it into a pit. <laughs> <laughs> Now you need to write an erotica series about a magic box. Which is a vagina. Right. I mean, I don't know if that was clear. (laughs) If we didn't make that connection. (laughs) And, you know, it makes money when you put things in it. Blueberries, cheeses. Yeah, you know. Guys, the limit. Just no mayonnaise, please. (laughs) No mayonnaise. No. Somebody listening to this is going to start yelling right there. Like, no! You went there. Now I'm like thinking of all the things that you can sell in Stardew Valley and then like comparing it to this analogy. Like, you can dig up artifacts. Like, one of the artifacts is like a rusty spoon. (laughs) I'm just. Ideas. This is your fault. Sorry, it's all my fault. You did this. This is your fault. Well, thank you for doing this podcast. This is ridiculous (laughs) fun. (laughs) Yay! Everybody should be gaming. Everyone should try it. Yes. And that is all for this episode. Thank you to Bree and Amanda for hanging out with me and making my gaming life better because thanks to all of their discussion, I also downloaded Dragon Age Inquisition and it is ridiculously addictive and I enjoy it so much. And if you're curious about the games that we talked about, I will have links to all or most of them in the podcast entry based on what's available online. And you can always email me at sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com if you've got questions and you want to find one of these links. This podcast is sponsored by Julianne Walker's Devil in the Deep, published by Sourcebooks Casablanca, available in paperback and ebook. Rand Palladino carries a dark secret, one that forced him to push Maddie away. But when she's taken hostage during a trip to the Caribbean, Bran and his friends, a group of former Navy SEALs who run Deep Six Salvage, embark on a dangerous mission to save her. Passion boils between Bran and Maddie, but what good is putting their hearts on the line if they don't survive the dawn? Devil in the Deep is on sale now at all retailers. It is now time for my dog to dig a hole in the carpet. I swear to you he does not do this unless I am recording. Yep, I'm going to have to have him as a guest, aren't I? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't say much, but I'm sure he has many opinions. I have received a number of new pledges to the podcast Patreon campaign, and I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for that. If you're curious about it, you can have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Starting with $1 a month pledges, you can help me reach different goals like upgrading equipment and commissioning transcripts. Plus, you'd be helping me continue to produce the show every week. 
I am so excited to see how many people enjoy the show and contact me and leave comments and send emails. So if you've looked at or pledged or shared the link, thank you. I really appreciate that. Our music is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is the Peatbog Fairies. This is their album, Black House. This track is called Jake's on a Plane. You can find it on Amazon or iTunes or wherever you buy your fine music. If you've got ideas or suggestions for the podcast, you can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 1201-371-3272. That is a U.S. number, so if you can't call internationally, you can also just record a message of yourself on your phone or your computer and email it to me. But if you have an idea or suggestion, you want to ask a question and you'd like to do it in your own voice, that's fabulous. You can also email your question with, you know, words. That also works, too. Either way, I love hearing from you, and I am so excited to see how many people enjoy the podcast each week. So thank you for that and for leaving reviews and for generally letting me know how much you enjoy it. Orful, one of my two cats, is about to start rubbing his face on the sound box, so that might make a really interesting sound effect for everyone. Yay! cat on the podcast. It's been a long time, Orville. Welcome. But on behalf of Amanda and Bree and everyone here, and myself, of course, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.